0: What's up everyone, and welcome to episode 264 of Two Amazon Sellers and a Microphone, brought to you by Solozo And uh, today, we're super excited about our guest, um, who has a little bit of feedback. So if you hear anything in the background, <laughs> we apologize. Uh, but we're gonna be talking with Sammy Akhtar. He's the founder of Regrow Media. He's joining us uh, from India, staying up late over there to, to talk with us. So we're excited about that. But uh, We're gonna be talking about sammy's story how he started selling on amazon and now how he's helping others with his agency so sammy thanks for joining us how are you
1: thank you so much guys thank you so much for inviting me first of all i'm doing great how about you
0: we are fantastic and uh we appreciate you staying up uh late over there to talk with us uh we're excited to hear your story we always love hearing um stories of people who have prospered in the Amazon space, launched successful products and how they did it. And then, you know, moving on to helping others, uh, you know, and putting, you know, helping others in the community with content and an agency and everything that you're doing. So, Sammy, why don't you just uh, tell us a little about about how you got into the space in the first place and your journey so far? Yeah,
1: I would love to. So my name is Sammy Akhtar. I started as a seller, Amazon seller on the year 2017. I was in my college days back then, almost on the second year, I was pursuing engineering. So started as a seller, uh, ran my first brand for almost one and a half years, Scaled that to $600,000 a year and exited that. And then we started forming our agency, which is known as regrow media. It is a full service Amazon marketing agency. Now we're trying to help brands to just free up some of their time. And we try to help them what we do the best. So we are managing currently right like 60 plus brands with 35 plus team members. That is how and what we are doing right now.
2: Sammy, how did you find Amazon FBA and how did you find selling on Amazon? What, what was that uh, like discovery like when you first got into this niche?
1: Yeah, so uh, it was kind of a crazy story for me. So I was in my college and there was a strange incident that happened with me. So back then, when I was in the college, my father had an accident and he passed away. So he was the one who was feeding the whole family, my mother and my sister. And once he passed away, the entire responsibility of the family came on my head. So I had to some, uh, start somewhere, right? So that came as an option. I was looking at Amazon FBA kind of an option to start, but something wasn't there. Something wasn't pushing me to start. And after that incident, I jumped into it. Had some losses with a few of the products. Uh, three to four products was a huge loss for me, but uh, obviously we learned a lot from that losses and then launched the fifth product and successfully scaled it and launched multiple products on the same product line. So that is uh, where we got the idea about Amazon FBA, obviously 2017, before that as well, Amazon FBA was doing really good. So that was where we started.
2: What, what were what were some of those like early products that you launched? Like for me, <laughs> mine was like a dog shedding brush and like a shock collar and training collars. I think Dustin had a few failures himself. Oh yeah. What were some of those what were some of those early products you did? Yeah, the first product I did was a mop holder. So it is a
1: plastic looking thing that sticks on a wall and we hang our mops, our sweeps, all those on that. So that was the first product I did. The second product I did, I moved a little bit around. I launched an baby niche. So it was a baby, uh, bed rail. So a kind of railing that goes on the side of a bed so that the baby cannot fall. So that was the second product. It was a big product, uh, costed a lot. Entire shipment was through sea, and I lost a lot because it, the cost was around $25 per unit. So mm-hmm. that, that was a few experiences that I had.
2: When you got started, on, uh, Amazon, was it the United States marketplace? Did you do the UK marketplace? What marketplace did you get started in? Actually, I started in Indian marketplace.
1: So uh, at that time that marketplace was almost new FBA just started rolling out in India and that is when I took advantage of that FBA. I was going to you started,
2: you started early. You, you were one of like the first people (laughs) to start on that marketplace.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Do you still sell? uh, Is it exclusively in the Indian marketplace or do you sell in the US now or anywhere else? No, I sell in India right now. So
1: we launched a brand under the name of The Ugly Coffee. So it is a coffee brand uh, where we added some specific vitamins and minerals specific to male body, specific to female body. Two products are there. One is a male coffee, one is a female coffee. In that coffee, we kind of, Went into a different route. We went into an investment route. We raised the first round of funding. Uh, we raised one hundred at the valuation of one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Now we are going for the second round as well. The products are in manufacturing. It took a lot of time. So uh, that is the brand currently I'm invested in and working on.
0: Wow. So is that the brand that you exited and you retained ownership? Or no, that brand is
1: completely different. This is a new brand that I started. The and that brand was in home and kitchen that I that I exited. This brand is is completely different.
2: When you started selling on Amazon, did you do this just like solopreneur just by yourself? Or did you bring in some buddies or outside capital? Or was this all just bootstrapped with just with, with, with you just doing it all on your own? Yeah. Strangely,
1: when I started, I started with the fees of my semester. Okay. So that is how I started. So I started with the fees of my semester and brought in the first product. Obviously that was a loss. Then I went and approached some of my friends and strangely, one of them became one of the partner in that business. And then we again joined up capital and launched the second and third product. So that is how it happened.
0: So you, you launched uh, on the Indian marketplace and I'm curious what, you know, can you tell us, you know, a lot of our audience is in the Europe, Europe and the United States. Can you talk about the challenges that you faced when you launched, obviously you had a couple of products fail, um, but were there any challenges with like how you were sourcing your products um, any logistics challenges uh, that happen in the Indian marketplace or you know what the competition looks like? Uh, is it getting more crowded or are you were you able to enter these uh, niches easily? Uh, would love some some of you know, your perspective on what it's like to sell in the Indian marketplace.
1: Yeah. So first of all, uh, the competition competition is fairly good. I mean, it is not so much crazy but still it is good but again if you want to enter into supplements it is still same as us (laughs) again the next thing is the logistic part so obviously in us when you get a product from china it takes 50 60 days but for india it takes 20 to 30 days since we are very close to china so that was not a challenge for us and even that was a good thing for us because it takes 20 30 days and by year it takes around the same like seven days so logistic wasn't a problem as uh, that was india china that thing was happening like shipping is very easy the time period is very easy so logistic way we didn't face any issues obviously the first thing is uh, that we faced was when we launched the first product the customer quality in india i mean towards the lower price product is not that good you get a lot of returns when you start selling good good numbers but once you move into the higher price range, trying to segment to the premium audience, then the return rates obviously reduces. So that was a challenge that we faced because when we launched our product, obviously it was at the lower price. We didn't have reviews. And that is the only challenge that we face about the returns.
2: What is your launch strategy? You talked about just launching some products there. When you get a new product, you know every, what I love about this space is the way Dustin mm-hmm. launches products is gonna be different than the way I launch a product, and different between the way you launch a product. What, what's your launch strategy look like? What do you do when you launch a product? Yeah, so
1: the launch method on 2017 was completely different from now. That's now when sure. we launch a client's product, we we use a lot of methods. Like we love to send signals from different traffic sources. We connect Pixel Me, Amazon Attribution. We connect with Brand referral Bonus. All these are available right now. But when we started on 2017, we had very few options hardly we can be able to do google ads and ppc campaigns that was the only option that we had so yeah we i remember i didn't even start google ads as well i only started with uh, i think normal ppc campaigns with running only exact match and few automatic campaigns so that was a simple strategy obviously 2017 market was very easy to enter not right now right now we need a lot of different techniques
0: So can you talk about what the Amazon marketplace in general looks like in India? I mean, are there, is it, has it been growing? I mean, when did they launch, the Amazon launched just before 2017, right? It wasn't too long before that when they launched. 2015,
1: I guess. I guess 2015 or 16, they have launched in
0: India. And and, uh, yeah. And so how big of a marketplace is it there? I mean, is there another Amazon-like e-commerce marketplace in India that is bigger or smaller? Or what does that look like?
1: Yeah. So Amazon entered Indian marketplace first. Then after a few years, there's another marketplace kind of on the same size called Flipkart, which is owned by Walmart right now. So those two are the kind of main competitors in India. Both of them comparatively share the same market share. And yeah, those are the two.
2: What's Flipkart for people? Because we've heard of it, but like, what's it compared to? What, What is it? How's it different than Amazon? Or is it different?
1: It is It, it is not at all different, if I say. Uh, it is compatible, the same. Uh, there is no such changes. Like eBay and Amazon, there were still some changes. But yeah. Flipkart and Amazon, There is you can hardly differentiate them. Only the names are different. <laughs> and the, obviously, Flipkart is still new they have a lot of things to be released in terms of helping sellers because in Amazon, we get a lot of data that we can see. Mm -hmm. In Flipkart, even if I talk about ads, they have only very few options like automatic kind of things. So Flipkart has a lot more way to go in terms of helping sellers and bringing out the data Mm -hmm. so that seller can make more data-driven decisions. Uh, But still, it is kind of taking a good amount of market share compatibly with Amazon. Sounds like Walmart
0: here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. very very similar. Do you uh, d- do you also sell on Flipkart? Have you expanded your brand to that marketplace as well? No, actually, uh, it would be strange, but uh, Flipkart
1: we don't like the customer quality. So what we have observed is private label brands really work good with Amazon, but when the brand is very famous and has good brand presence outside of the marketplace, then it works really good in Flipkart. There are certain categories like clothing which we don't like to enter those kind of category works good in Flipkart, but the customer quality we personally didn't like it because uh, our products didn't work well we tested that but it doesn't work that well so we kind of switched to only one platform and amazon
0: now there is a lot of manufacturing in india um, and yeah. I know that it's in, in certain categories that they specialize in. Uh, but you went and you got your products sourced from China. Have you looked into expanding or launching new brands that are native manufactured in in India? Yeah, so uh I
1: haven't and we have launched I think one product from India. It is called floating self, floating self, which is made of macrame. So white macrame floating self. Uh, That is a product that we launched that did well. Again, uh, since it was white, since it was returnable. So price range was lower. So we were facing a lot of return issues, but I would give you an example. We have one client who is selling from India to USA. They are selling medieval products. You know those uh, night costumes those armor helmets and all so they sell those kind of products and they're doing close to four million dollars a year so there are certain goods like wood and uh, iron goods which work really well if you want to get it from india not so many products are there which are good in india but still there are some niches uh, maybe this iron products or steel products some wood products those works will in uh, UK, US, UK, source from India.
0: So, so
2: wait a second, yeah, yeah. wait a second. I gotta show, I wanna bring up something to make sure that I'm right. So you're telling me there's a guy selling medieval helmets and he does <laughs> it like 4 million a year and he's selling these type of things right here. Yeah. For those of you listening, I'm sharing my screen. You're selling these things, these little helmets. These exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Look at this. So there, there, it goes to show you, you could sell anything on Amazon. <laughs> and this guy's, this guy's selling four million dollars. We've been making it too hard, Dustin. We've been making it too hard. I We're know I that. Mean,
0: that you know, in, in in ten years of product research, I have yet to land on uh medieval helmets. Medieval it's... helmets. I mean, that that goes to show you. Just go ahead and sell those. <laughs> it, it's amazing. I mean, this is why I love the space also, because the opportunity is absolutely endless. Um, I mean, in what you can do. Um, so, so I want to go uh, a little bit back to, you know, your story, because you were successful. You went through all the growing pains. <laughs> that we all go through when we're learning how to sell and be successful. And you persevered, you stuck through, you know, you went through your losses, you cut your losses and, you know, took your learnings and, and moved on, which is fantastic. Uh, but then you took the next step, which, you know, a lot of people in this space, they realize, hey, I know now I've acquired this knowledge. I can help other people. And you started your, your agency to help other people. What made you want to do that? Because it's a different animal now. It's not your capital. It's, it's, you know, and you're having to help coach and train and mentor others and work on their business. But, you know, it's still it's it's their money. It's their brand. It's their love. Um, So it's a different animal than doing your own. I mean, you can you can screw up your own and you can only yell at yourself. Uh, but when you win it what made you want to make that jump to the agency model where you're helping others
1: yeah so uh, i started on 2017 and at the same time almost one year after that i started to document my whole process whether i was making loss or profit i started documenting the whole process on my youtube channel and started to put and show my sales how much i am doing what all are the, are the strategies i'm using all those things And strangely, uh, doing that consistently, I was doing for like three, six, three to six months. After that, I started getting emails from brand owners approaching me to take their account and trying to help them. So that is where it began. I started as a single person, started handling three to four accounts and quickly realized it is going to be much more harder than I thought. (laughs) And it was taking a lot of my time because constantly, if you are handling four accounts alone. And they, those are the sole, sole were whose brands are those. They constantly call you trying to get updates. So that was kind of getting a headache for me. So then I switched that, yes, no, this is not the thing that I can do alone. So I switched that and I got a co-founder in it. Then we are now at 35 plus with uh, the team size and we are managing around 60 plus brands worldwide. So yeah, it started with the YouTube channel, kind of the interest grew from there, got emails of clients, and now we uh, are managing successfully. That's awesome.
2: What yeah. do you do? What's your typical like onboarding of a client look like? If a brain comes to you, uh, you know, there's so many agencies out there. Didn't uh, Did you try- she didn't get that. But what's that, what's that look like? What's that look like with the, like a new brand comes, what's your onboarding process look like? Yeah. So
1: generally we take those accounts which are doing minimum $5,000 a month in ad spend. And then the next thing is comes what the client's goal is, what the brand's goal is. We kind of, kind of look at their few reports, how they were performing, which are the top performing A-signs. Obviously there is an ofta that we look for, uh, uh, potential clients of thar, which we uh, we generally try to find those kind of clients where the conversion rate are really good, the CTR is really good, but oftentimes it is very hard. We often have to get and then try to improve their listings and get to the conversion we deserve. So generally, it starts with observing the reports, auditing their accounts, how optimized their listings are in terms of their images, their copy, their backends, how well they're putting their keywords, and then we give them a report. Our team does a sign level audit. We do it through a video format. We share it to them. If they like it, then we proceed forward with the accounts. Then the first month generally, it was uh, it will be a mutual uh, like back and forth. We kind of understand their account. The first month entirely goes on understanding their account because each account behaves completely different. There will be some campaigns, some ad types that will work for home and kitchen brand, whereas there will be some ad times which will be completely different if it is a home decor brand. So the first month completely goes on observing how and which are performing, constant testing and trialing. That is how it went. And from there, we start optimizing. We look at SEO a uh, uh, very high importance because if we are getting one sale through PPC, we should aim at getting four sales organically in the next three months. And maximum of the times what we have seen is clients or brands don't focus a lot in listing optimization. And that is what brings their conversion rate down. Yeah, so you, and you that put, is,
2: that's a big thing. And I'll, I'll pause you there real quick because I was talking to, a, to kind of bring this full circle, I was talking to a brand mm-hmm. and they're like, we're bidding you know, 10, 12, $15 on this keyword, but they're still getting, they're not getting top of search placement. And they're like, we're even doing 900%. So far, I was like, "Okay, what is your unit session percentage on that particular ASIN?" And I didn't get an answer. Like, they were just completely silent. He's like, "I don't even know what that means." I'm like, "Okay, Amazon, if you if your percentage, if your unit session percentage is low, and your competitors are converting better, why would I mean, Amazon yeah. put you outbid your competitors, even though you're going to pay more when your listing doesn't convert as well?" He's like. So my listing has to convert better. I'm like, yeah, you need to get better images, a better title because your unit processing and to go find out, we looked at it, their, their percentage was like 8%, which is really low. Like that's that's really low. I, I normally, in Sammy, you could chime in here. Like I normally like 15 to 20. Is that where you're yeah. sitting around? Yeah, so yeah, generally 15 to the, 20 is a good number. Yeah. Um,
0: exactly. So... Go, uh, a question on SEO that I have, um, and and this may be a, a naive question uh, since I'm we're in the U.S. and spend a lot of our time in the U.S. marketplace, but there's a lot of languages in India. Um, and, you know, I don't know, there, there's probably a, a predominant one or there's maybe a, a yep. national one that's all. But how does that work on, I mean, are is Amazon in India all the same language or do you have to do SEO to hit people that potentially speak different languages?
1: Yeah, in India, there is one uh, very uh, prevalent language called Hindi, H-I-N-D-I. So that is probably the second most spoken language in India. And how we take advantage of it, we often get keywords which are in Hindi. And in Amazon, Amazon have that option where people can search in that language as well. So we obviously have to put that language in the backend as well. So where we generally put that language is in the alt text. So we get 99 to 100 characters in the alt text. So we generally put in there. And that is how we generally try to index for those keywords as well. Those which are searched in the uh, Hindi language. Same I think uh, when we handle US clients as well. We try to put Spanish language keywords in the backend in the alt text as well.
0: And so the, what the number one, you said that's the number two language is, is number one English? Is that what everyone searches in? Number one is English. Yeah. Interesting. That's pretty or, good. I didn't yeah. Learn something. But that, I mean, that's something that we talk about, like you said, using Spanish and your alt text and making sure that if they do turn on the translate on Amazon, that it's going to actually be readable, uh, that it's written in a way that's, that they can understand or hits the nuances of the language. And I'm sure that's very similar in the Indian marketplace.
1: Yeah, funny thing is uh, when we turn in Amazon.com to Spanish, sometimes the words are not, the vocabulary is not proper. Right. So oftentimes what we have to do for our clients is trying to say Amazon that, listen, when we try to convert, this is not the proper wording. We need to change it. So that happened a lot of times. And we need to do that by constant uh, testing with a lot of listings because Amazon still does algorithm. It cannot uh translate completely there is some vocabulary that
0: misses out makes sense yeah i mean seo is is huge there's there's no question it's it's interesting that that's where you come at it first is seeing how you can just improve the conversion rate uh because then everything else obviously if the conversion rate's bad ppc is not going to work right uh you know it's it's going to look worse than it actually is because the listing's not converting and then where where do you go? Where do you go from there? So I mean, you you you've got a new client. You've you've made sure that you're buttoning up the the things that you can do right away. How can we get this listing to convert better with everything? Reviews, SEO. Are we are we pricing optimally uh, for the competition here? Then what do you what are the some of the next steps you take to get mm-hmm. those incremental increases in growth? I mean, are you running deals are you yeah. running coupons mm-hmm. are you starting are you starting outside traffic uh do you launch a d2c website for them how does that how do you continue to grow a brand
1: yeah so first step that we did was uh, obviously we tell to the clients that listen we are advertisers our goal is to bring traffic we can't force our your customer to buy your product it is your listing's job to convert them so at first what we do is we try to get as much reports as possible first starting with the advertised product report to find out which were the top 10 or 20 best performing A science through ads. Trying to get the conversion rate through ads, the CTR through ads. Now CTR and conversion rate, we look this two data very carefully. CTR, let's assume the CTR is much below 0.4%. So we kind of have a threshold of 0.4% that if it is lower than that, that means our ads is not at all performing. If the ad is not at all performing, then we have to look at first is the targeting whether we're targeting to the right audience, whether the keywords that we're using are relevant enough or not. Then we look at whether the main image, is it good enough? The customer can, uh, just in five seconds, can understand the, with what product they're getting or not. We try, kind of compare the other competitors. Also, there are uh, tools like PickFu that can help to do that. Then the reviews, the ratings. Now, Amazon shows the rating numbers, right? If it is 4.7, it shows 4.7. Previously, it wasn't like that. So what is that is it the reviews compared to the competitor is very less or what it is then it goes to the pricing so these are the three things or four things that are the main thing that influences the ctr then let's assume the ctr is good we are getting enough sessions we are getting enough impressions then it is the conversion rate let's assume when the listing is new we have a general threshold of eight percent the conversion rate through ads so if that is below 8%, then we look at, okay, we need to look at the images, the rest images. Are they showing the customer of tar in the image? Because now with brand analytics, we also get the demographics. Who are the customers that are purchasing our product? Is it the male or female? What is the age group? Then we try to see that whether the brand is already using that or not. How are their infographics constructed? Whether they're showing lifestyle images or not? The product video, how well it is, or whether it is just a slideshow video. Then moving on, moving to the bottom, we don't give bullet points so much importance other than SEO purpose, because right now I, as a customer, I don't read bullet points. <laughs> so then moving moving to the, uh, we have the virtual bundles. I'll talk about that later on. Then we have the brand story because in brand story, we get clickable options. We can showcase our other products here. Same as A plus content as well. The comparison chart, the QA section. Q section is probably the only part where customer and seller can interact with each other like a forum. We also can upload videos there as well. Then the first page reviews, because in mobiles we can see like four to five reviews for seeing the rest, we have to click see all reviews. In desktop, we probably see seven to eight reviews. And those seven to eight reviews, previously what used to happen, the most helpful voted review used to show there. Now the most recent recent reviews show up. So that is something that we have to look at. And uh, obviously if in the first page we have a negative review, that is going to uh, impact our conversion rate a lot. So these are the things that we look at in order to increase the conversion rate and everything goes well, the conversion rate should increase. Also talking about virtual bundles, it is very important because it pushes down the product ads Mm -hmm. by one fold. So how we generally use this is we download a report called purchase product report where Amazon gives us that, okay, you are advertising on this ASIN, but customer, instead of purchasing this ASIN, they are purchasing another ASINs from your catalog. So we kind of get that, okay, if they're clicking on this ad, but not purchasing this product, instead they're purchasing this product, how, what are the frequency of buying? Then based on that higher to lower frequency, we get five ASINs and we put it on that ASIN as a virtual bundle. Obviously the sales report in virtual bundle is not satisfactory. We don't get a lot of sales, but still it drives down uh, the product ads and pushes this down. So those are the things that sellers can also use to uh, increase the conversion rate as well.
0: Uh, That's good stuff. And for anybody who's listening that doesn't understand what you're talking about with the product ads, when you look at a listing and you just scroll down right below the bullet points, essentially, is a whole bunch of paid ads of competing products that are targeting you. And so that that can steal a lot of traffic from your listing, especially if those competitors have some sort of advantage over you, a cheaper price point, more reviews, whatever. And when you're saying that you add these virtual bundles, those go in that spot and shove the product ads down basically one more row. So it keeps it as best as possible away from the eyes of the shopper. And they're, they're seeing your other catalog too, which is... I mean that's that's a great strategy for anybody listening right now to incorporate that. I love it, man. You're doing doing quite a bit. You're doing a lot. This is uh, this is a the, for anybody listening. This shows you that if you want to really get into this business, um, you know you can put products up there. You know you can get some sales, but to really get to the next level, you want to be looking at all these things. And the beauty of this is. You have access to all the data, and you can make changes based on that data. What What's next for you, Sammy? You've 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 been a seller. You've created your business. You've sold it. You've started an agency. What What, what do you look forward to next? Yeah. So, kind of, my goal is to be uh,
1: one of the top speaker in Amazon community. So, I'm developing that skill to speak a lot right now even the product i showed you for one of our client the medieval helmet in the last conference i did uh, i was a, a speaker invited there i wore that helmet on the stage just <laughs> try to show i saw
2: this i saw this the, product. Can, uh, with the sourcing india trip
0: uh, yeah 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 exactly. yeah i saw this yeah that's great man that's great <laughs> i mean that's just you know. That's more giving back to the community as well. Is speaking, helping other people's grow, other people's businesses grow. Obviously, it's it's great to showcase your agency as well and the and the work that that you're doing. Um, it, your, your clients that you have right now are they are they from all over the world or are they typically um, local in India and you're helping them sell wherever they want to sell. What does that look like?
1: No, actually our clients are global right now from US, UK, Germany. We have uh, Dubai clients as well. If I give you a percentage, probably 30% would be from India. The remaining are distributed all over the world.
0: Such a fun business. Such a fun time we live in that we can work with people all over the world to help them succeed. Um, You know, people are listening to this right now uh, and watching this. And they want, they're curious. Uh, maybe they're starting their business or they're having some success, but they need some help. How do they get in touch with you? How can they start a conversation with you uh, to see if it's a good fit? Yeah,
1: uh, people can reach out to us. They can go to slash audit or simply regrowmedia.com. They can uh, sign up and get a call back from us. Our team will do an audit of your account and see if that is a good fit for us,
0: and we both can work together. Fantastic. Well, I encourage everyone to do that. Go check out Sammy, check out his website. We've got that in the show notes. We've had that scrolling across the screen uh the whole time if you're watching this. Um Sammy, thanks for joining us and telling us your story. Uh we'll we'll try to get you back on again in the future. There's Amazon's changing every day. There's always new tactics and new things to do. So, we'd love to get you back on and get updated on what you're doing uh with any future things that come out. So, we appreciate it, Sam. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you so much, Dustin. Great
0: to see you yeah. guys. Yeah, Appreciate Absolutely. you coming on. Yep. Absolutely. All right, everybody. That's it for today. We will see you next time. Have a good one.